Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Welcome, everyone. This is Silas West. Thank you for tuning in to Resiliency. We're going to pick up where we left off in our last episode with Chris and Rebecca. So here we go. So, Becca, you, out of your own mouth, I heard you share how much you met God Mm -hmm. in the midst of another fiery trial you guys were in. Mm -hmm. Share with us a little bit about just how the trial enabled you to encounter God, apparently at a deeper level than you had 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 known to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's just interesting, you know, when even before we launched initially, the the word or the promise that I had from God was that I would meet him, that he would lead me to himself through these people that he, that we were going to serve. And I just cannot begin to say how much that is true. Like that's what happened. And I, I was initially super angry that I had to give up the first place and and the, the key breakthrough was me was realizing that I was angry at God and I'd shut him out, you know, and, and so I wasn't experiencing just that intimate place with him because I was mad it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. And so there were just points throughout the journey where I would get revelation of, okay, who am I and who is God, you know? And am I fighting with him about who's who, (laughs) like who's in charge here, you know, and, um, you know, like understanding lordship and what, what's, what is all that about and, um, potter and the clay, who's the clay and who's the potter and what does it even mean to be the clay? You know, what does it mean to let him be the potter? And so I had been on this journey, you know, for years and after my mom, my mom passed away in, um, 2011, and I just was experiencing a lot of grief and realizing how much I didn't know how to receive the comfort of God. And so it's, you know, early 2013, and I am just at the end of myself. I mean, I'd given out so much, and uh, I got away to, to just get some time just with the Lord. So I went off for a week by myself, and I was wrestling with uh, the scripture that's, you know, where Jesus is saying to take his yoke upon him and that, you know, his burden is is light, you know. And I'm like, God, it's not light. It's not easy. You know, this is what I've done, and it's not that. And he really highlighted the fact that Chris referred to this as well, What is that coming to him, like, what does it mean for us to really come to him? And so uh, he... He highlighted the fact that it was like I was living life with me leading as opposed to him leading. And so he really shifted something in that in that season. And then 
Um, I'm really thankful that he did because then when we did end up in like, prison, so, I mean, that doesn't make sense in that thing because like they, we haven't told the whole story, so I don't know, you're going to have to edit all this <laughs> however you want to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to, because it doesn't, like my ability to meet God in prison was because he had shifted something in me beforehand. Mm. I don't know what it would have been like if I hadn't had that shift because because it was like, I didn't know how to live with him. You know, I, I didn't, it, it was like, it was like I was living and then he was out real out here. And like, I would, I would touch him some, but then I would still be independent. I can't, I think I have lived most of my life independent and independent follower of Jesus and independent, you know, mom and independent, just independent. And even though, I, you know, I would say, yeah, I, I would, I'd hear God. I would, you know, I had intimate time with him and all that. But what did it really look like to live depend, wholly dependent on him for everything, you know? So I remember that night before we had to go face the, the um, judge, basically, to figure out this this problem we were in, I was ter- we were both terrified and because our lives had been threatened and so um, we were just in this ordeal. And I just, in the middle of the night, cried out to God, um, God you know, Jesus, cover me because I-, I knew that I needed him to be the one that was leading. I needed him to be the one that was my covering and my surrounding presence. And, and he said, I'm fighting for you. And so I saw him so clearly, this armor, this warrior, king, and he was swinging this huge sword and back and forth. And I, that, just that presence um, was, was there in the room. I mean, I just, he was just there. And so that presence... That picture, if you will, um, is what what I really went into prison with. And there would be times where the anxiety would be really, really strong. And I would pull the covers up over my head. And I would just let him fight for me. I would see him with his back to me, swinging his big sword. And I just would stop. To where, you know, um, instead of just gutting it up, just stopping and just letting him fight, Mm. you know? And that kind of peace of just, you know, it's really okay to not be in control. It really is amazing to live life just trusting that God, he provides, God, he cares, he sees, he, you know, he defends he upholds you. He, you know, it's just like that's dependence. That's not, what abiding is. Yeah. Yeah. The, there came a point in my life where it was way harder to continue to doubt what he says about himself, to question what he says about himself. And it was just like if I would just let him be who he says he is then I would find myself actually experiencing it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. 
Hmm. As opposed to questioning him. Are you good? Are you faithful? It's like, well, no, you say you're faithful. So in this situation, you're faithful. Whether I feel it or not, or see it or not, if it doesn't line up the way I wanted it to, you know? Yeah. I think I had to keep learning those things in the midst of the fire more than the, <laughs> more than pre-studying. I wish I wish I'd learned it a little bit more before. You know, I mean, in this season, you know, of course, movement takes off. We have people that we're discipling. Persecution kicks, starts kicking in. We've got people coming after us. So, I mean, the stress level just going up and up and up and up. People threatening us, and we're wondering if we're being followed and tailed everywhere. I mean, just different things happening. So in the midst of all of that, I'm finding the anxiety levels again rising. I had been through just seasons of that on in times in the field and having to pull away and really build in. But uh, so we were looking for the word of the Lord though, because that that was that's been historically, if we could mm-hmm. say one thing, we have managed all of this with is just what's God saying. Yeah. And if we can get that, then we have an anchor. So you know, in that season. I mean, multiple people on our team had dreams pointing to what God was doing. People were emailing us saying different things. Um, and then, you know, comes the point where everything's coming down. We were about to have to go into court and face people that were accusing us of stuff. And at that point, I remember I was talking with a pastor, friend of mine in the neighboring country. And he said, he said, hey, Chris, he said, yesterday I got a call from a friend of mine who's an intercessor in California. And they said, don't you have some friends uh, in a neighboring country that are seeing some real breakthrough? And he said, yeah. So I, I, the Lord woke me up last night. I have a word for him. And um, he, said, he said, tell them that they are about to undergo a very intense trial but it will be short-lived, and the Lord will deliver them out of it. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and so, like, the next day, you know, we're, I'm heading into the court and having to face everything. And, and I held on to that. And two days later, uh, we're, we're in prison, and we're separated, and I'm by myself with all of these <laughs> crazy Islamic radicals in this prison cell. And, I'll, I mean, just in a scary situation. And yet, so I'm holding on to the word of the Lord. And yet there's still this place of, of, of doubt in me because I, I told, I remember telling God at this point, I was like, God, thank you so much for that word that you gave me. Um, I said, the only question I really have is in the scripture says a day is to the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand <laughs> years is a day. I just want to know what your definition of short is. <laughs> And, you know, and it's funny when I think about it, but it represented me still trying to stay in control. Mm-hmm. If I could be in control, I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so my first two-thirds of uh, the time I was in prison was me in these ups and downs of emotion, feeling like, okay, I'm going to be okay, I, you know, I know what's happening and then hitting the depths when things weren't happening the way I thought they were going to happen. And, and just this, but it was marked by this sense of, even though I was totally out of control, I was still trying to hold on to it. Um, 
And I remember just even the last last 24 hours or so, something shifted in me. Um, and I didn't know it was the last 24 hours at that point. I thought it could be in there still months more. But something shifted in me, and I was, I was able to say, God, if I'm here, you're going to meet me. You're going to be enough. And all of a sudden, I was, I was full of joy, and I was praying for people, and saw a guy get healed. And the, you know, I mean, there was just different things that were going on that were just great, but it came from my release and control. Um, even with all of the words and everything, I just had to get to that place where God was enough. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you're saying. That's too. where I started. Yeah, I started, <laughs> I started there to the point where one day I woke up giddy, you know, because I had this, you know, scripture going through my head. He himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. And it was, it was like I finally got it. Like, really, it's just Jesus, just he himself, just him being him, and us just stopping and allowing him to be it. And so it was actually after we were out that I told Chris, I said, I don't know how to live out here <laughs> where there's this sense that you're in in control or you're in charge of stuff. I don't know how to be in charge and, like, have to make decisions about, you know, wanting to go back where it was easy. And <laughs> she actually wanted to go back to jail. I was like, I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> we're going to have to learn it out here. So, so I had to, yeah, <laughs> learn how to walk it out. <laughs> Glad you all got out, personally. I'm yeah. sure you are, too. <laughs> Being released from prison led to um, you coming back here to the States. <laughs> and I don't want to ask you, like, all how has it all been since then, but... Ask whatever you want. How, well... How how have you been able to, to take all of that and then continue to live in that way of God, what's your word and how are you how are you enough? Such a process. <laughs> process and journey. It's it's been an incredible unveiling or or process. That's the only way I can say it, of of just learning that we, we, we just had a lot of healing to do and that it wasn't just going to happen on its own that God had to meet us I don't know if you want to tell the pain oh, as an I... opportunity <laughs> I, I think that's such a key revelation it, it really does come down to um, like if like why, oh God, why am I crying <laughs> you know if um if we're here for relationship with God, like if he created, we, we talk about him creating us for relationship, that that's why we're made. I don't know about y'all and your experience being parents, but when your kids are hurting, some of those are the most um, deep, like, richest places of connection where you get to love and comfort your children. And so I think that um, for us, the experience of letting God love us in the pain of the, uh, the, like that's a joyous place. Like that is awesome. It's kind of like prison was awesome because he was there and I, it was an opportunity to meet him. So the pain of having lost our home and then having to come back here to a place we didn't want to live. And and then, I mean, I, I lost more family after I came home. The experiences we have on this earth 
are opportunities for us to know him. And that's why we're here. Period. And so why am I going to resist the hard places? Why do I get, why am I trying to avoid hard places or hard things or hard conversations or, you know, um, when they're actually an opportunity to walk deeply in dependency on the Lord, um, intimacy with Him, allowing Him to comfort and care for me. You know, I don't want to resist those places. But it's so, it's, it's so easy to, like, I don't want things to be hard, you know? But it's actually the place where, where we get to know Him. And we don't have that opportunity later. In heaven, we're going to see him face to face, but here we get to know him by faith. And this is a unique opportunity to get to know him. And so, yeah, yeah. sorry, in, in, I was on a heaven, tangent. In heaven, there's no more tears. There's, there's no, no more pain. There's no more by faith. You can never meet God as the comforter there. Like like you can here. I mean, it's different. It'll be awesome. <laughs> It'll be even more amazing, I'm sure. But... I think that the extent, the extent to which we actually know him here, it's going to affect our experience of him there. Or what in the world are we doing? You know, it's just a big fat waste of time. Uh, I, for me personally, I mean, I could be really vulnerable, but I don't know if you want me to be. But <laughs> I mean, like pain, can, pain is hard and it can make you want to just be done. And there have been many times I've just wanted to be finished. And that means, like, done. Like, I, 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 I never had a plan, you know, like, how I was going to do it. But I just bottom, you know, to hit the bottom. Mm. And, and that's where, and Jesus is right there in the bottom, you know. And, um, and experiencing him and knowing him is life. And that's worth living. And that's worth having days and days and years and years and years on this earth to get to know him more and more. But if we resist him when things are hard, if we withdraw and just gut it up or just persevere, just persevere. Don't just persevere. Meet Jesus. Yeah. Like perseverance is no good without Jesus. But if it's an opportunity to know him, then it's so good and so rich. And I just I wanted to share this one scripture um, I camped out in Hebrews for a couple years since we came back, and this was just such a key. Um, and let's see, I'm going to find it here in a second. Um, I was just reading along, and this just leapt off the page. It says, this is in Hebrews 6, 17. It says, in the same way God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope that's set before us. And that phrase, in which it is impossible for God to lie, that just leapt off the page to me. And it just triggered something in me. To, if, if it's impossible for God to lie, then what he says is true. And um, it wasn't long after that I was um, working on uh, this project in our house. 
Okay, so I was working upstairs in our house, and it was it was the year it was the year anniversary of us being released from prison, and uh, I was painting the banister with this dark stain, and I dropped the can. And I was like, oh, no. And it's, it's like, it's going to be a huge mess. And, and it splattered and everything. Um, but I looked around. I looked on the light carpet. I didn't see any black spots. I looked on the white walls down below. No black spots. And I was like, where did all the stain go? It was just amazing. It was like a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I, so clearly the Lord spoke. It was like chaos happens, but there's boundaries, you know. And And it was like. I dropped the can, it splattered, but I could easily clean up, you know, the black. It was like on the black, it didn't ruin anything. It was such a testimony. And then a couple of weeks later, I was in the same spot, continuing to, to work on the banister, and I dropped the can again. And this time, it just waterfalled over the balcony. It got all over the wall, all over the carpet. To this day, the carpet bears the stain. And this eruption came out of my gut just of anger and I just yelled I said I knew it I knew it would ruin everything and that's when I realized wow that there's just a lot of pain in my heart that I needed to deal with and um, Diane Boucher had been asking me to pray with her for a while and I had been resisting her and so um so anyway, I, I said, uh, I think I'm ready to see her. So that's when um, I, we sat together, and uh, she said, hey, why don't you ask God what he sees um, when, you look at, when he looks at your heart? Because I had been talking about how like, it was so obvious that there was all this pain and everything. And, um, and he said, he said, you see pain, but I see an opportunity. I see a doorway. I see a doorway of intimacy. And, and then that, that was just from then on an opportunity to say, okay, is, the, am I, is this what I'm experiencing right now? Is it a doorway to intimacy? Am I going to allow him to be who he says he is? And, um, or am I going to say, no, that's not, like, I don't trust you, basically. I don't trust you. I'm, you're not safe. I don't trust you. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand back. I'm not going to walk through that doorway, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was that coming back was a tough season because um, I think you, you said at one time, you said it's one thing to trust uh, God in the trial but it's a whole nother thing to trust God after the trial, knowing that the one who led you in is still leading you. Mm. You know, where's he going to lead us next? And uh, that place of surrendering control, that place of trusting him again, we had to fight for it. Yeah. It, it didn't, I, just, didn't just come naturally. The first year we were back, I, every day... Uh, I read Psalm 23 multiple times a day. And it wasn't because I was so in love with Psalm 23. It's just that every other scripture stirred anxiety in me. And it's like prison had been such an intimate time with the Lord. It was like I almost had a trauma 
bond with Jesus, you know, with <laughs> with a scripture and with worship, and 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 I had to allow him to to heal me, it, you know, from in that that weird intimate place with him, you know. It was like because because it was God that we went to prison. I mean, God. God broke something open that needed to get broke, broken open, you know? And Chris and I are change agents. We, we step in and God does, God brings about change. And that's part of how he made us. And we can either be angry about that and hate the way he made us, which I've spent plenty of time doing, or we can say, all right, God, that means that you, you're the one that sharpens us and you're the one that, that soothes us and heals us when, when, it hurts, you know, and, you know, with Psalm 23, I, I got really, more, you know, a lot more comfortable with being a sheep and just stopping and letting him, letting him lead me, letting, letting him tell me where I need to lie down, you know, and in green pastures and, and, um, and just that there's really no lack. I, I'm not lacking anything because, because he gives me, he's my provider. He gives me everything I need. And so it's that allowing him to be that, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. Right. You're here now and you're not there. And yet it's Jesus. He's oh, the, yeah. He's the reward. I mean, I've heard y'all just share intimacy, abiding, dependency, yeah. let go of control. Yeah. And really that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord yes. with all with everything. your heart. Yep. And don't lean on your own understanding, mm-hmm. because we see in part and we know in part. But, but he really knows everything. So he either he either knows it or he doesn't, right? So, yeah. so if he says he knows it, if he says he knows what's best, if he, if he if he has good plans for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, then I think it's way more exciting to live life trusting him in the adventure, allowing him to define the path as opposed to just, you know, trying to control things and make it all work the way we want it to. Well, um, I'm wondering if one or both of you would, would pray impartation over our listeners of what you shared, like the keys that God's given you, that they'd be able to grasp onto that. Yeah. I'll start us out. Okay. Yeah, Lord, we... What I'm asking, Father, for the those that would hear, those that would sense a call from you in their lives and need something to be able to make it through to the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lord, there's uh, there's a, a an apostolic gifting and an apostolic calling, Lord, that you want to release on people that that just they hold on to the promise of God. Yes, Lord. And so, Lord, I'm asking, Father, uh, Lord, that people would know the call of God on their lives. And, Lord, the things that you've spoken and the things that you've said in the secret place would be the things that they could war with and the things they could hold on to and the things that they would never let go of. And, and Lord, that they wouldn't stubbornly hold on to them, uh, just gutting it up, but they would let mm-hmm. you to shape them yes, and define God. them, and 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 really change each one of us. Lord, change yes. us yes, through the trials, change us through 
the struggles and and Lord that journey that we're on we change as much in the yes. journey as the people that that we're called to. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you, Jesus, we just ask Father for release of that apostolic grit to hold yes. on to the word of the Lord and yes, to Lord. see uh, something happened, some uh, breakthroughs happened, mm-hmm. Lord, because we're willing to mm-hmm. believe you. Mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. we just say we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Yes, God. Help us meet you in those places so that we can hold on even in the midst of pain. In the when, when the storms around us are blowing, Lord, we can see with eyes that that believe, Lord, what you're saying, not what we're seeing and experiencing, uh, but Lord, that we could put our faith, uh, Lord, in, in in what is eternal, not what is seen and temporal, Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father, that you really are who you say you are, and yes. I just release grace. Yes. Grace, grace, grace over each of us, God, that we would believe you, that yes, that, that would come to life, that who you are would come to life for mm-hmm. each one of us. And those scriptures that have been key scriptures through our lives, Lord, that you would highlight them and you would you would call us out of our own understanding and, and just continue to lead us into your your truth, your understanding, your take us by the hand, God. Take us by the hand and and lead us wherever you want to lead us. Mm -hmm. And I just speak against fear. I say no to fear. I say no to fear in every way. I just say grace Mm -hmm. to to say yes. Yes, Grace to not hold back. And grace to allow you to lead. Grace to receive um, the surrounding presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you really are the exact mm-hmm. representation, that exact likeness of God. Thank you that you are exactly who we need. Yes. You're exactly who we need. Yes, and thank you, Holy Spirit, that you pour out mm-hmm. the revelation of Jesus. You pour out the reality of Jesus every step of the way. And I pray that we wouldn't be people that do not shrink back that we don't shrink back in any way, but we be people that step forward, um, allowing um, you to just carry us. Mm. Thank you for carrying us. And I pray that we would be people that would not hate uh, pain, that we wouldn't hate Mm. suffering, we wouldn't hate weakness, but instead we would take joy, Lord, in knowing that that you're going to be glorified and you're going to be true. You're going to defend your name. You're going to show yourself strong, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would be so more, so much more real than what we see with our senses, what we, what we can touch, what we can hear, Lord. I pray that, that, that your reality would, would increase and that our own perceptions would decrease, yes, uh, that we'd be more aware of you, that heaven would be more real than this earth, and that it, heaven, the realities of heaven would come to earth in it, Lord. And I thank you for the, the effect that we have, that, that we, the way that we, we change the places we go into when we walk with you, when we abide in you, and when yes. we allow you to be who you are. And I thank you for it, God. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank love you, you. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Chris and Rebecca. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode. You've been listening to Resiliency. This episode has been produced by me, Silas West, with help from my co-host, Steve Finley. We are so grateful for the generosity of our guests for coming on the podcast today. 
Thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. We also want to give a big shout out to the band Honest Men, who wrote and performed the music in our intro and outro. Special thanks for the voice talent of Sarah Neely, who introduced us at the beginning of the episode. If you liked what you heard, encourage your friends to subscribe and tune in in two weeks from now for the next episode of Resiliency. 